Welcome to the Seriously Social Podcast with your host, Simone Douglas. Our guest this episode is professional storyteller Dr. Matt Yoxel from Naractive. He and Simone chat about storytelling in life and business, dealing with the all-too-common fear of public speaking, and much more. We apologise that our audio quality is a bit lower than usual, but I think you'll agree the content of this fascinating discussion makes it worth your time. So today uh, on Seriously Social, the podcast, I'm joined by Dr. Matt Yoxel from Neuractive. Thanks, Matt, for joining me. Uh, Lovely to be here. Yeah, I know. It's great to have you. So uh, now just for the audience, more than anything else, whereabouts are you based? Because you're not sitting on the chairs in my office today. So No, that's why I'm not too far away. I'm in Canberra right now. Obviously, I'm originally from the UK. You can hear that. Um, But yeah, right now in Canberra in the ACT. Yeah, nice one. Uh, some of my favourite bars are in Canberra. I haven't been over there for a while, but you have some... Send really- the list over then. Yeah, yeah, we'll do that. Uh, so maybe just for the audience to give them a bit of a backstory, uh, can you yeah. use the Cliff Notes version as to how you got here today and, and what you're all about? Um, well, I, I'm a professional storyteller. That's my job. And I trained in theatre in the UK. And I left there about almost 20 years ago and I've been very fortunate in that I've been able to sort of travel with my work so I've been all around the world telling stories and working with people to tell their own Um, and on a visit to Australia I met my husband who lives here in Canberra which is why I'm here today Uh, but I'm here with you because my very good uh, old special friend actually went to the school prom with her but that's another story uh harry is based in adelaide and she's a writer too so um uh, although we uh separated from our lives in in the village when we were about 16 or 17 we've always stayed in touch but we've both had these kind of careers in in writing and storytelling and narrative so um this is a great way to sort of come uh to be meeting you today yeah, no, fantastic. Hari is one of my all-time favourite human beings, so I'm very fond of her. Uh, so um, maybe let's start with storytelling when it comes to life and business. So it's, you know, it's one of those instinctive, basic things that yeah. have been around for eons or since the dawn of man, quite probably. Um, yeah. You know, how do we acquire or develop this skill to tell a good story in a way that uh, holds an audience's attention? Mm, that's a very good question. You know, I think we're actually hardwired to do it. It's in us. It's in us to play as well, to role play, which is also to sort of act out. Depending on where you come from in the world, I think that, you know, often within the kind of Western context of professionalization, it kind of get knocked out of us. Um, it's either kind of perceived as childish or or not appropriate for the workplace, or we just kind of lost touch generally, I think, with storytelling in the community sense. So um, part of what I've been doing is reintroducing that. I've been working, I worked for many, many years with NGOs, actually, and in development work. And after a PhD where I wrote about that, it's a very good friend of mine, he's an actor in the UK, and she said you should be doing this in the corporate space too. So I think in the last 10 years, there's been a really strong focus on storytelling and narrative in business, how you have an impact, how you have influence, um, and how kind of things like pathos, how empathy is important in getting people to understand your position, but 
also to get them on site. So I, I've been working for a company in the UK um, as well as having set up a boutique training company in Singapore called Actin. And, and we, that's what we do. We bring storytelling and other theatre-based skills to business. Yeah, well, and there's such critical skills that we don't naturally get taught unless we go out and look for someone like yourself who can um, probably unpack all of the barriers we put in the way of being, being comfortable in our own skin yeah. and trusting that um, whatever we say doesn't mean the sky is going to fall in on our heads. Yeah. Uh, so what would you say to someone who... Um, is perhaps terrified of their own shadow, which I used to be a long time ago before I found yeah. me and I and things like that. Um, and the idea of standing in front of anyone and telling their story just makes mm. them feel slightly violently ill. Yeah. Well, I would say that, you know, that I also had those struggles, uh, shy, nervous, anxious kids, loved stories, but showing up in front of other people, really tough. And so theatre just helped me do that. I think one of the sort of ways of thinking about it is that don't be afraid to make a mistake. Yeah. And the word that we use for that in theatre is rehearsal. <laughs> Practice, play, try things out, do it opposite a friend, get an audience, you know, someone do you trust and just say, hey, I want to just try this out. I want to share this experience or I, I want people to understand this aspect about me or I want to make this kind of pitch. Mm -hmm. Can you just sit with me while I do it, while I, I try it out? Um, so those are so there are lots of simple things that we can do around how we use our body and our voice. I do a lot of coaching on communication. I would say that you can learn it. It's natural. And for a lot of people, they, Simone, sometimes they do come in very nervous and a little scared. But if you have a safe space to work with someone on that, um, it's amazing how quickly you can release you un unleash your inner storyteller, but you just sometimes need a bit of help to do that. And I, I love doing that with people and I love hearing other people's stories. So, you know, it's a nice job really. Well, it's, it's such an amazing gift to be able to give to someone to empower them to tell their stories. So I think, uh, you know, uh, not just women, but particularly in the current environment where we have a lot of, um, you know, quite strong female leaders that seem to be stepping to the forefront who um, are clearly very unapologetically themselves. And I think yeah. that great storytellers hold that kind of a space where they really just look comfortable in their own skin uh, and are comfortable saying what they think and how they think it, which is, you know, an amazing thing to be able to do. I, it's not just because I've moved to this side of the world um, that I have the image of Jacinta Arden in my head, yeah. but she is also, she's very good at, at being vulnerable mm. too, about being honest about what she knows and what she doesn't know, you know, and some of that, that communicates, that translates in a way that's honest and people trust. So I, I mean, I do, I think this, the focus on women and women in leadership is so important right now. Um, certainly in how everybody argues that we kind of equalise the pay gap and things like that, for example. We know that women work as hard as any man does in the job and often harder sometimes to be heard um, because of some of the more traditional or conventional systems of communication that sort of exist. But there are lots of examples of women who brilliantly just sort of cut through that. Um, so working in, in 
in corporate, I some of the programs that I've worked on are for women's leadership programs. I get to show up as the nasty boss sometimes, <laughs> yeah, okay. which is a lot of fun. Um, but it's also for me, it's uh, women, mostly women have been my biggest teachers, particularly in terms of theatre and storytelling. My colleagues have mentored and, and coached me with the work I do now in corporate. Um, my business partner in Singapore is you know, brilliant actress, director and playwright, uh, Stephanie Street. So uh, yeah, I think we, but we need to still hold space uh, for different voices. And if you, cause if you don't have diversity, what we know is you don't get creativity. Yeah, very true. Right. And so that diversity and inclusion work is becoming, yeah, more and more important, I think for me too. Yeah, I think, it. yeah, I think too, it's evolving. So uh, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago, uh, I was presenting at a um, International Women's Day event. And, you know, we were having the conversation about, uh, I personally think that the narrative has to change and we have to change the language that we use, um, particularly as parents around our children, to be less about, you know, a good man or a good woman does this or a strong man or a strong woman does this um, to a good human being does this that and the other because I have sons and so I always you know um, have the conversation with them around you know what's the kindest thing you did Mm. today because cultivating kindness instead of cultivating what did you achieve you know whose head did you step on you know those kinds of things Um, and it it creates a very different space around people just being able to be people but how do you empower or, or change that dialogue in corporate, I think, because in corporate, because we're so um, gender mm. diversity, cultural diversity, inclusivity, yeah. um, often we get pigeonholed into all of these boxes instead of actually really being included. Yeah. God, this is, you're really asking all the best, I think, and most useful questions around this. Uh, so my, my company is called Naractive, and about uh, narr- narrative is a very powerful element to everyday life right it's what shapes the language we use and like you said narratives are gendered massively in different ways and as we kind of start to think more about diversity and inclusion there's a risk as well there that they become there's a certain kind of entrenched narrative that's associated with those individual streams Mm. of of identity rather than looking at shared language which is inclusive like you said or you know, in borrowing from architecture, um, there's this focus on universal design, right? How space is kind of adapted and it's inclusive for everybody. I worked on a program recently where um, it was developing a, a kind of a, an approach to supporting people on the autism spectrum to get into employment. And so for their, their sensory kind of world, I kind of started to learn how much that universal design is really, really important. So space and and language there is this kind of and theatre is all about that there's this kind of relationship between space and language but um I think in terms of the storytelling like when we learn to tell our stories together so in corporate if you're if you're looking at how do we tell our story we start to develop maybe a shared language um and probably if I was being a bit academic about it Mm -hmm. I'd call it a collective competency We talk a lot about skilling up all the time, Mm. like you said, all those building blocks, that really kind of masculine, that there's the builder, right? And the the action is all there. It's a 
about increases and progress and improvement and individual competencies. But if we think in a more circular way, which is more inclusive yeah. and we have a collective competency, then maybe we can work together to find a shared language where we just kind of know how to talk to one another yeah. based on who's there in front of us, because probably we're being more ourselves. Mm. But we kind of have to do have to, I think you're right, we have to strip away and we have to tug out some of the threads of the past that sort of conventionally they kind of hold, they can hold us back and they can certainly minorities, they can hold us back. But I don't, you know, I also don't want to get bogged, bogged down in that either. No. Because, yeah. you know, we're you're here, I'm here, we're already in this space together doing our thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, as a woman, as a gay man, I mean, it's like, you know, we're we found a, a way to you know bring bring yeah yeah well, that think, communication to our work yeah. well definitely you know um i was at a, we've got biz week over here in adelaide this week so i was at a panel this morning uh and we were talking about how you know when i work with businesses in a narrative marketing sense it's mm. about what's your six word story, which is actually something Hari taught me. So, oh. I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like, what's it, you know, and for me, when I'm teaching them about it, it's like your six word story has to sum up the emotional and the felt sense that you cultivate in your customers when they deal with you or the people when they engage with you. So I have a pub over here in Adelaide as well. And uh, so our six word story is the outside world doesn't matter here. And so all of the staff, everyone understands that they have one job, which is to make that all melt away. So, um, you know, we have a really diverse, eclectic kind of odd venue. Uh, we're deaf mm. friendly because all of my front of house guys mm. know conversational Auslan. We've got uh, veteran friendly uh, because the guy's been taught in PTSD triggers and assistance dog etiquette, things like that. But it's all because it contributes to the story. So we started mm. with the story. And, and that's the anchor now to everything that we do because it can't detract from it. It can add to it, but it can't detract from it. And I think if you can find that shared language, like you were saying, that everyone implicitly um, can feel first yeah. almost, then, then business becomes really easy because you can feel it. You've got an anchor and you know what you're doing. Yeah, I think that's right. You, you start with a story and that starts to shape the way the space is around you. And that's like then how we act or the culture of where we are. And you know, my husband is in business and he was talking about the market and we kind of, we joke, but we fight a little bit about it because I'm like, I don't really go to market or sell my work or myself. Mm. I like to meet people. Yeah. And I like to decide, do you want to work with me? Because I would really like to work with you. And when we have that kind of sense of one another, that there's relationship, yeah. then we can, you can collaborate. So I think this is the kind of the way forward. And I, I think that it's an, it's a slightly kind of thinking about like corporate social responsibility was a good starting point with some of that process. Moving on to diversity and inclusion is another step. But I'm also now getting to the point Simone, where I want to go into corporate and all spaces, but corporate particularly. And I want to talk about participation. Yeah. Because that's at the heart of collaboration. And that's not just a sort of a political position or mm -hmm. something that I picked up doing sort of NGO and development work in Southeast Asia for 20 years, because that's what I did do that. Yeah, but, yeah. So that's why, I, but bringing that really sort of challenging environments on women's protection programs, on gender-based violence programs and, and children's protection programs too. And just 
but I learned a lot there from from people I work with about how to keep a sense of humor mm. but also how to sort of stay open to a new idea under difficult circumstances and duress so I don't think it's I, you know I don't think it's impossible for like a corporate space to kind of change the way people relate to one another you just gotta you just gotta have a bit of time together yeah to get the ball rolling it doesn't have to be you know it doesn't have to be a wrench no um, it doesn't have to be therapy either <laughs> and just be you know what I mean because there's yeah, this exactly. thing about the you know uh, you know about how making sure everyone's okay all the time and it's like well we can there's a risk that you also stop just being able to have difficult conversations with people yeah. or be, be honest and open um so yeah I think this is you know it's again something I want with the company I want to be able to cultivate but yeah, I kind of obviously, I think our, our ideas about that line up quite nicely. Yeah, they really do. And I think it's it's a good um, spot to kind of wrap up on, which is, you know, I'm of the opinion that there is a um, new, well, it's not new, but it's an emerging way of doing business that is becoming far more popular, which is, mm. you know, that um, human first, emotional connection first, relationship first way of doing business. Uh, which cultivates that, you know, good outcome for everybody um, where there's still space for people to have difficult days and bad days and hard conversations. Um, but because the hu- it's the human first and the relationship first, you can navigate all of those things. Yeah. Um, and, yeah and we understand that that's ordinary. Yeah. Right. This doesn't yeah. have to be a hard hard work this journey mm-hmm. and I think you know the way if we go in through that lens of story it's also fun yeah and it's fast it doesn't yeah. have to take a very very long time so we just you know we need to not be afraid of, of the idea of change because normally it's actually doing it, it doesn't necessarily need to be yeah um, hard well and I think yeah. too story you're right story speeds things up because story enables everybody to understand on multiple levels right? straight away. So if they pick something up in an emotional context, mm. they will, you know, subconsciously invest in that because their emotional body will lead them to that, then their brain will connect the dots for them and they'll take the story that they've been told or shared yeah. with and then they'll take it to the next level because that's what human beings do. I, yeah, absolutely. I think spot on nailing that one I have to borrow that I'll go back to this recording but I think that's it it's all in us yeah we've just got to reconnect with it and trust yeah and we do that through connecting with one another when we yeah when we establish relationship based on that common understanding that shared narrative well this is every nothing we can't do right we can go wherever we want with this very true I think that's a lovely spot to end Matt thanks so much for joining me Um, lovely to see you thanks Simone you too now if you want to connect with Matt you'll find all of his social media links uh, in the comments uh, where we post this all over the interwebs. Um, he's definitely someone that's worth having a virtual cup of coffee with to see if you would enjoy working with him. Uh, and I certainly enjoyed the chat. So you have a great day. Yeah, I'll see you soon. Thanks very much. See you, bye. Take care. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Seriously Social. Check our website for the latest news, show notes, and for details of Simone's latest book, confident networker. Explore the About tab at socialmediaaok.com.au.